Question of the day. If you could be any object... (laughs) 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 If you could be any object, what would you be (laughs) and why? I guess it depends on how you would describe an object. An object, my nigga? Like, I don't know. (laughs) You're asking the question. (laughs) It's an object. It's something that's not, like, it is not a living thing. (laughs) Niggas love to make you define something. (laughs) Describe. (laughs) Okay. If I could be an object, what would I be? I would... (laughs) No, this is so okay. <laughs> I would be, let's see, if I could be an object, what would I be? Mm. <laughs> okay, if I could be an object, I would probably be a picture. A picture of what? It, I, we're not gonna just. We didn't say how much depth it had to be. You can't but just say a picture. I would a picture because pictures are timeless, and they usually represent something meaningful, or usually have some type of meaning to the the owner in some way. So I would be a picture. Hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> in my head, I'm like, so there is like pictures of Trump. There's pictures of my nigga gonna be a picture. Okay. Um, I'm gonna be a picture of black art. See? Something that represents black beauty or black art. There we go, best friend. Okay. Yes. Um, and yours? If, <laughs> if I had to be an object, I would be. I think I would be like, I think I'd be a cell phone, bro. Why? Because. Huh? So it could be dirty and filled with germs? No, because everybody needs me. Everybody loves me. I know everything. And And I get to go everywhere. And what happens when you break? They get a new me. But that's not you. That's someone else. I'm still a phone. I'm all phones. I'm ominous phones. Hmm. All the phones. I'm a telephone. And if one phone breaks, my spirit goes to another phone. All right, whatever. Phone. <laughs> You're a phone. I'm a picture. We are delusional. Where we get these questions? Yeah, I don't know where you got that question. Like. Girl, I don't know where I got it. <laughs> Very weird, but all right. Welcome to episode 18 of A Thin Line Between Life and What the Fuck, the podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Desiree. And I'm CK. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another week of bullshit. We are so excited um, to be here today. Today is going to be a really exciting um, episode because we are joined by a very special guest and friend. Um, This is someone I've known for 10 years, which is crazy to say 10 years now, but We've been friends 10 years, someone um, I consider a spirit twin, just because we are so much alike as it relates to spirituality, how we approach life, and he's just as optimistic as I am. I'm not sure I've met a person that's as optimistic as me, but he is. So BK is a serial entrepreneur, emerging venture capitalist, and champion for diversity and equity, diversity, equity, and inclusion. He's been working in the startup world since 2014 and has traveled the country building companies and entrepreneurial communities led by people of color. Yes, people of color. He was a co-founder of Wiser, which was recently acquired by Popcom and most recently Venture Noir. Now he leads the Foundation for Social Impact focused on birding. Did you mean to say birding? (laughs) Building. (laughs) guys like guys that's what it says ready okay anyway now he leads the foundation for (laughs) 
stop. Let me get it out, y'all. Let me get it out. Go ahead. This is going to stay on here. Now he leads the foundation for social impact focused on building the socioeconomic gaps in undeserved. Oh, my God. He said, und- he said undeserved. He meant un. He no. didn't mean undeserved. Why, <laughs> under- why are you undeserved. doing him like this? Okay, exactly. you do show damn yeah. self. <laughs> hey, Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. The friend part. The friend <laughs> part is cool. I got my professional background. It is funny. Your friends don't never know what you do when you're an entrepreneur. Unless you run a company in my world, they'll never know what you do. When you're a consultant or you're in charge of your own path, they have no idea what you do. You work for my mother. Oh, my gosh. My mama still think I'm li- I live in Atlanta and work in politics. <laughs> my family think I do, like, tech support or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, he's just, he, just, he, he, he in IT. Yep. He just working in IT. <laughs> yep. Guys. Welcome, BK. Welcome. Y'all starting quick with the bullshit. I see. Oh, All my right. God. But why she also drag you like that? Did you mean? Listen, like, she didn't even try to use context clues or nothing. Wait, you know what I'm she saying? She didn't even like, try to act like she wrote it. <laughs> Like she didn't proofread it or not cheating, you know what I'm saying? And, and I take my I, I take my share in it. I didn't either. You know what I'm saying? You asked for a bio, you know, 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I bet, guys. I asked for this 30 minutes ago. I did not proofread it because I just knew BK was on it. And so when I started reading it, I'm like, wait, he meant underserved. Two words, not one, because now it looks like undeserved. I'm like, what? Uh, or like Underserved <laughs> is a one word. It's not two is words. It? Well, see, there we go. You learn something new every day. That's my Tune bad. Tune in guys, to but... the next episode of Hooked on Phonics. Like, yeah. moving on. Thank you. <laughs> moving on. Wow. I educating people out here. It's great. Oh, my gosh. Wow. wow. Uh, uh, stop, stop, Des. Okay, guys, listen. So, BK, when Des and I were discussing, because we talk about a lot of different things, and we, yes, we come with the bullshit, and it's funny, but we do want to have a platform where we can empower people to learn, or we can educate them on different topics that are important in our community. And so when we were discussing, like, the current climate of politics and the world, we knew you were the perfect person to just help us explore the subject, and also that you provide insightful information and so I know before I know we're going to get into it but before we dive in is there anything you want the listeners to know i.e uh correct the intro I gave you (laughs) Uh, I'm just about I like the word empowering you is a good word to use I'm I'm just about empowering people of color and and making sure we're on the leading edge of where the world is going and staying tuned to what's what's going on. And so I like to sit at the center of culture and innovation um, and make sure, you know, that black people and, you know, brown people too. I love my brown people uh, are engaged and and committed. So we got this too. I love it. Okay, great. So (laughs) again, Des and I have been talking a lot about just like the current climate of politics all of the antics and bullshit that is going on with that. And then just the importance of people, you know, being more aware of what's going on and educating themselves as it relates to politics. Um, and I think we can all agree that now, you know, we're in interesting and scary times. Like it's a lot going on. Um, and social media is just exposing a lot as it relates to politics. And so I know you were involved in, and please correct me if my, wording is not correct but i know bk you were involved in political elections in the past correct yeah okay okay great see that was right so like bk just based (laughs) upon like you know your knowledge and your experience like what is your current view of today's political environment um i think that's a great question uh so i guess background um, my first job, my first job that I cared about after graduating college uh, was in Atlanta and I was working in politics. Uh, I worked for Stacey Abrams and, um, and then the whip Carolyn Hughley, who's actually from Arkansas, uh, for the state of Georgia. And we, uh, you know, it was a great experience really um, being immersed in one uh, a region like Atlanta where black people are actually in power, right? Especially coming from Arkansas, like Black people, you never see black people in leadership in Arkansas. Then you go to a place like Atlanta and black people are like, you know, truly running shit. 
Uh, and so I played in the political space during that and under some incredible leadership, uh, working with Stacey Abrams. And uh, I was introduced to a lot in, in from elections and running elections, uh, started off as an intern, became a chief of staff, uh, did some special uh, projects, uh, was a field director. So I was helping candidates, finding candidates, recruiting candidates, training candidates, um, and then uh, uh, did a lot of millennial activation work and charging millennials to the polls, getting young people to um, energize and educated and uh, activated to, to vote. And so I really fell in love with that. I think I was bit by the Obama book early on. I started doing uh, my introduction to politics was in college, you know, working on the Obama campaign. And then I just kept that going. And so on that career path, you know, my ultimate goal was to work for Obama. I didn't get there, but I did again make, you know, um, some strides. Uh, mm -hmm. in that space and, I, and and I'm committed to it right I learned a lot and it's something that these are skills and knowledge that I carry me for the rest of my life because I know the value of uh of voting of being educated about politics of how you know political systems work how to engage in campaigns how to fundraise you know I learned a lot of the fundamentals that I think uh are going to be lifelong skills for me so BK, like you brought up an interesting point. You said you understand the importance of voting. What would you say to people? Because I've heard so many people um, say, like, what's the point of voting? Like, you know, my vote doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things because the president is a puppet or, you know, he's only doing he's only he or she is only able to do as they're told. So, like, what would you say to people who say that? I mean, don't undermine your voice. I think every time somebody says that, you're taking away your own voice, right? So you're just like, it's like uh, losing the game because mm -hmm. you never shot your shot. You know what I'm saying? And, and you lose every shot that you don't take, you know? And that's taking away your own voice when you say that. And so that's, uh, I think it's a myth that those in power actually want you to believe. They want you to feel uh, disenfranchised and disconnected and that things are always going to stay the same. But that's not the truth. If that's the case, we'll still be in slavery, right? Um, and so these are everything that's happened up to this point from, you know, slavery to Reconstruction to, you know, even Great Depression, Reconstruction, Civil Rights Movement, all these things um these were political uh activities right they changed the landscape of how we live um and so it's really important it's really really important now, i hate to see especially people of color um still having that viewpoint after we elected barack obama uh for two cycles right and that was the most um socially engaged uh, at the time a socially engaged election of our of our of all time Right. And so you have more people participating in the election, especially people of color than ever. Right. And so um, we don't take away your own voice by doing it. And also, don't be disrespectful to our ancestors. You know, people died to vote. You're talking about, you know, people don't want to. They mad because they got to take out work or take a longer lunch. You're talking about in the earlier times, early 1900s, late 1800s, people were dying because they wanted to vote, getting bit by dogs, uh, spray, I mean, spray with water hoses. Right, there's been bloodshed. Um, to increase the value of of our vote, and so we just shouldn't undermine that. Um, so don't undermine yourself. Don't don't play yourself, as my guy right. Kelly would say. Okay, <laughs> so I want to ask this because I really don't know what's true and what's not true. I've heard for a really really long time that if you are a convicted felon, that you cannot vote. But then I heard somewhere else, I don't even remember when, that that is not completely true. Like there are some felons who can vote or something. Like, do you know anything about that, BK? Yeah. So, in um, so can convicted felons vote? Yes, after time, right? And so, um, that that is one of the things that they do take away with um at you if you get a felony is that you lose your right to vote uh can you get the can you get that back yes you can get your rights to vote reinstated uh oftentimes this is based on your state so your state has different rights on how uh, you can get your ability to vote back but you can it's not something that's lifelong and if you think about that that's also a way to oppress our vote when you think about incarceration rates for people of color being the highest especially black people being the highest of all um, racial uh, demographics, racial communities. Um, and then our voter participation still is you know, not as high as it should be. Taking away the right to vote when you're incarcerated, so many people have, is, a, is a power move, right? <laughs> it's a way to keep right. people oppressed and controlled by locking them up. And then also they once they get locked up, you, especially when you think about people um, stacking charges, um, the, the uh, disadvantage uh, of forced 
plea bargains, all these things um, mm -hmm. that affect felons and then uh, or create these felons and then these felons lose their right to vote. So there's another community of people that they feel like they don't have to worry about in order to keep their power. Um, and so do your research, right? And value, even if you are feeling, value your vote enough to figure out how to get your vote back, uh, get your right to vote back. And um, you can. So it's not it's not a lifelong thing. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. That's good. I never I never knew about that. I just always thought if yeah. you were a convicted felon, you couldn't vote. So it's that's a, a great information. It's called rights restoration. Um, and so, but again, um, you, I think it's based on the states on how you do it, but the rights restoration is a process, um, for felons to get their ability to vote back. Hmm. Okay. BK, you know, I, we didn't really get a chance to talk much about this when you were here last week. Cause you know, you'd be in and out, you'd be here one minute, then you go on the next, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I see how y'all keep the bullshit going. We're like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we gonna keep, we gonna always right. spark a match and see if it catches flame. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's fun. It's talking. Yes, but no, okay. Like, what are your thoughts on like our current, like the candidates that we have? Like, right? I know there's like good. Well, I, there's I don't know if there's any good about Trump, but there is negative or you know ugly past with both and present with Trump. What are your thoughts like just about the candidates that we have currently? Um, so I, one of the reasons why I left politics is because uh, I hate the two party system. I hate that you limit our, in major elections, um, our ability of um, choice by, mm -hmm with the two-party system. Either you have to be a Republican or a Democrat. I don't think mm -hmm. most people don't just identify as one, especially now. Things have changed. Lives, lives have changed. Socioeconomic statuses have changed. Education levels have changed. Uh, freedom, the idea and concept of freedom has changed. Uh, um, how we view individuality has changed. And so I having limiting our po political system to a two-party system um, is very challenging. And, and burdensome, I believe. And so, uh, since we're still here, we got to do what we got. Um, right. I, you know, since it's, I, I'm glad to be in a show like this where I don't have to be all politi politi politically no. correct right. and saying Donald Facts. Trump has to go. Right. <laughs> let's just, you know, call it, it, is, it is what it is. All right. So, yes. you can check, you can have, you can feel how you want to feel about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, but Donald Trump has to go. And there's not, there's never, it's not going to be a Tea Party or, or a libertarian that's going to win. So you got two options. You can vote for Donald Trump, you can vote for Joe Biden, or you got a third option actually and not vote now. And that should not be an option. Right. So in exercising your vote, Donald Trump has been completely irresponsible with our um, country. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he has has he done some economic things to make people some money? Absolutely. Right. Has he has he uh um disrespected our culture to create divisiveness uh, amongst the mm -hmm. people uh absolutely right into where um he's encouraging hate right and anybody um that does that right especially during a time like we are right now where we should have so much empathy uh because due to a pandemic that is, we can't control we don't have under control people are losing family members friends every single day Right. Mm -hmm. But our country, instead of taking a, a place of empathy, we are at war <laughs> internally at war with the police, we're war with ourselves. You know, black black people versus white people. You have a progressive versus conservative movement going on. You have a generation a generation gap that still hasn't been fixed. And and now people want to take sides and try to defend right. what they are scared of, which is change. And right. change has yeah, that's what that's what's happened. Anybody that says, that, "Hey, we're gonna vote," uh, you know, I'm voting for Donald Trump. It's because you're scared of change. You're scared of what may happen, right? If he's not there, right? And that, what, but we have to be much more progressive than that, and we gotta walk him, you know, politely out the door. Right. <laughs> no, not, not politely, <laughs> right? Not politely. Like he needs to be kicked. He gotta go. He gotta go. Fresh like, print. Throw him out like jazz. Yeah, throw him out. <laughs> throw him out like. And I think, BK, it's like a lack of knowledge. And I'm not the most politically savvy, but I do, you know, 
try to be intentional about learning more. And you mentioned just a few topics like the economy and the pandemic, but we're not, we haven't even talked about like the voting rights crisis, you know, like what's going on with that reproductive justice. Like I was reading on how um, he instituted the greatest attack on reproductive rights ever by us president in the last three years. So women, um, I know they launched like what the women for Trump, but Trump is not for women. I think it's just lack of, you know, people just don't know they're ignorant to what he's really doing behind the scenes. I mean, along with that, like the public education, like there's just so many different things, you know, that he's done. And so like, how can people, I guess like resources are available, right? I learned all this on social media, Instagram, actually it was, it's a page called, so you want to talk about on Instagram that breaks it down. Um, but, like, what would you say to people that I, – I, I see what you're saying. Like, they're afraid of change. Like, they just don't know what's going to happen. But, I mean, to me, it's like what could happen if he stays in and he's already ruined the environment. The pan, We've had the pandemic, the economy, you know what I'm saying, public education. The I mean, it's just so much. What else does he have to do? What do you think people are really afraid of? What can get worse than what he's done is what I guess I'm trying to say in and your even, I mean, uh, and even more than that, what would he do in a second term knowing that he can't run again? Right. Right. And so a lot of the antics now, especially mm-hmm. his apologies are so that he can get the vote. Right. And so that $1,500 stimulus check that he got, the child that you got, or whatever, $2,000, however much you got. I ain't get it. So. You got. <laughs> that was money to, 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 Make sure that you still vote for him, because with even with some of his his campaign rhetoric is, I put more money out to to the public than you know other president presidents of the past, and so don't be fooled right by by those things because when you let allow somebody as egotistical and power hungry as him um get a second term, they can do what they want to do because they're right. not uh, at liberty to being voted in again. Mm-hmm. Right, so they, they they're not worried about you coming back to vote for them because it's right. It's like Trump's no fucks tour. Like he don't, he just don't he like he don't care. <laughs> exactly, no fucks tour. Exactly, and so I don't think we, I don't think we can risk that. I just don't, you know. I just came back from Jamaica, and so if y'all decide to <laughs> elect him again, I got, I'm ready to go international. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? <laughs> like I'm ready. I'm all about the beaches and the palm trees. I can go move to a nice little beach and become a bartender if I need to. But uh, but I, I just think we we can't even take that chance um, to risk it. When you think about our foreign affairs and where we are with the United Nations, where we are with China, how we are with the World Health Organizations. Um, if you think about, again, just our country, where we are as a society, how divided we are when it comes to racial, racial rights and uh, even um affordable health care right his view on affordable health care and not um expanding that working to increase affordable health care making sure that you know the value understand the value of insurance you're talking about people catching covid and don't have insurance mm-hmm. you know what i mean and when we had our previous president was working on at least a model mm-hmm. to where everybody had access to health care Right. You're right. And then somebody who's not, who's actually right. um, decreasing that, that just seems counterproductive. Right. Mm-hmm. That just seems counterproductive. And at this time, we got to keep the main thing, the main thing with a lot of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And um, thank God we're not at risk. I was of war. like, I mean, we're not at war. We're at risk, not at <laughs> war. Sorry. We're yeah. at, at risk. The risk is really high, and when we and history shows us, y'all, what the crazy thing is, and you know, is uh, you should learn from more than Instagram. Wait, you know, hold up. You YouTube and a lot of hold on, hold on. Don't play me. Don't try to play me. <laughs> you, why you just do my best friend like that? I, I was not. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait don't a minute. play me. Wait, wait, wait. Not he you did. Should. He, you he could, definitely. You no, 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 no. So, firstly, I didn't say that that was my only source that was of information. Look at her next time. You, yes, it was. That was. Thank you. At me, okay. It's CK so flat underscore. <laughs> no shade, no offense. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, no offense, no shade, no shade. Um, okay. no, but that, that, continue. <laughs> 
it's it's, <laughs> it's really important to mm-hmm. be educated on what's going on. This is what I it's really I'm trying to go. And I mean deep education, right? And not surface mm-hmm. level education on what's happening. Um because we gotta you one, you gotta be able to understand what's going what's gonna be on the ballot, you know, and it's actually most people can't read about it because it's speaking political language there's a lot of political jargon in there mm-hmm. like i don't know what code 625 uh mm-hmm. you know the means right i don't even know and so you bypass that you know they don't know who the judges are they are running so one thing i challenge people to do really is to become an educated voter not just an active voter but an educated voter make sure you know what's on the ballot made simplify it for yourself you know even a lot of the organizations that are working on this behalf should produce uh, voter scorecards, you know what I mean, to show what's on, what's going to, this is what's on the ballot. This is what you should know about um, on the ballot. This is, here's how things lean left or right. Um, mm-hmm. And so you can really, really get aligned with that. Uh, but but uh, history has showed us that, you know, our country is at a failing state. You know what I mean? The, the three triggers for a failing country are corrupt government, civil war, and genocide. And if you look at where we really are, we we are showing pieces of each one, mm-hmm. right? We're showing corruption in our government, especially what's going on with the with the voter suppression and, and many things that you mentioned, but also the things that we don't know, right? We we have mm-hmm. uh, a president who's been impeached, <laughs> all right? Mm-hmm. He's been in, and so for people to still want to support him, um, it's just it's just dumb. Uh, Second, you know, civil war was going on between, you know, the black, the, our race war right now. Yep. We're on the verge of a civil war. At any mm-hmm. point, any point, this thing can go real crazy real fast, right? Yep. And thank God we had at least a resourceful country to where we're not, um, you know, starving for food and they were able to get the economy back moving uh, with with COVID going on. But the we are number one for deaths in, in during this pandemic. And so mm-hmm. when you think about genocide, you know what I'm saying? Like you talk about hundreds of thousands of people are dying in our country right now um, from a single virus. And we don't know how bad it's going to get um, this winter. So uh, these are, you know, flags for real uh, of a failing state. And that's the worst thing we want to see. What we don't want to see in our lifetime. It's great to see a black president, but we don't want to see uh, <laughs> the U.S. Uh, become you know what had to be Greece, or what happened in to the EU, right? Fall apart before our eyes, um, and our economy tanks and all that. I don't think we can risk that, and so we have to be more open to change and try to get this thing back under control. So I think we're all on the like fuck Trump train, but I think where a lot of the educational gap lies is because to me, I look at these candidates and I'm like, this is basically the lesser of two evils. Because in reality, I'm gonna just be real because I don't care who like me or not. I don't like Biden or Kamala. So, but when I have to pick the lesser of two evils, you know what I'm saying? So educate people, BK, on the pros and cons. I don't, I don't want you to be too, too biased, but the pros and cons of Biden and Kamala. Um, I think, I think that's a great uh, question. And um, I'm going to start from a, a couple, couple of different places, right? Um you're right. I, I don't like the lesser of two evils, you know what I mean? Because I wouldn't say that Joe Biden has been evil. Joe Biden likes, Joe Biden's a part of Good Old Boys Club. Joe Biden hmm. has been in politics. He's a career politician. So is Kamala Harris. You know what I mean? She's turned into a, a career politician, right? And so even when he made his choice for VP, I think he took the safer route with Kamala Harris as opposed to going and get somebody like a Stacey Abrams, who will be more radical in her policy because that's who she's been as a as a as a leader, right? Um, and so the issue with Joe Biden is Joe Biden has uh, politically played it safe in a lot of ways, right? And that was strategically, I you know, my own personal opinion, not saying this is fact. Uh, why Barack Obama brought him in to be his VP, you know, and because he knew that Joe Biden know how to move around in the system and it was safe enough to support, get behind somebody like him, like get behind the first black president. Joe Biden's in a good old boys club. He has uh, a tenure with these people. He has rapport. He has relationship. Um, and, and so he is um, a safe bet. Right. And and that's his even his voting record shows how he plays it safe. Right. So he's a career politician. Think about politicians is this. 
politicians have to make deals in order to get things done. Right? It's a bartering system the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this in order to get this for my for my district. Good politicians try to do the most for their district. But if you want something done in Pine Bluff, then somebody else wants something done in Northwest Arkansas, and there's only a limited pot of funding for that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's a give and take all the time on what to support, what not to support, right? Um and, and so there's this you there's always constant negotiations in politics, what it is, right? So when you think about um the election that we have now, it's not just necessarily the necessary two evils, it's the negotiation. You can get Donald Trump or we can go with save Joe Biden because he's going to be safe. And we know we need to do something in order to organize the the diverse vote. So Mm. we can't risk not having a VP of color. We can't risk it right now. And so this is a safe response. It was their safe, the Democrats safe response to the election. Go ahead. No, no, no. And and I I hear what you're saying. But for me. I have to ask you, because you say Joe Biden, he's not the less, you don't look at, your perspective is not the lesser of two evils. He's more so of a safe bet. Mm. What would you say about people who are inquiring about his role in the 1994 crime bill and how he has continuously defended that um, most recent as 2016? For, you know, and if everybody knows that the 1994 crime bill was responsible for mass incarceration of, of black people. So what would you say about, what would you say about? So, so we got to think about, so you got to go to the context of that bill, right? So in the eighties, in the eighties, crime was at an all time high, right? Um, That's when um, the, the um, um, war on drugs started, you know, the crack, crack uh, epidemic, um, all these things that, that increased violence and crime in the states happened like during the 80s like 80s early 90s crime was at an all-time high right and so um you went from a republican um president to bill clinton um who wanted to respond he wanted to respond to uh political corruption uh he was responsible to political corruption as well as um the crime in the state of the country when it came to that and so that bill um was a response to that right and so it had to be public it had to be bold it had to be big it had to be something that people could could uh easily understand right and so when you think about reinforcements they was like we're gonna do uh a negative reinforcement by incarcerating people if you make a certain amount of mistakes right and we know that it was mishandled like just like many things that were created for good they're abused and mishandled and i think that is a that is a perfect um, example of that because even then in 1994 the Congressional Black Caucus supported that legislation. Right, this is under mm-hmm. Bill Clinton. You know, what I'm saying our first Black president, quote unquote. Mm-mm. I never said that, but okay. I'm saying I'm thinking about <laughs> talking about the what we're much more educated now than then. Right, sensationalism has been an all time high until the internet allowed us to get freedom of information and exchange of information. Mm-hmm. Right, because you listen to what was going on into in the media. Right. And right. then you went to your church and to your barbershop and to your family dinner table to get either to be afforded or against it, to learn more, mm-hmm. to go a little deeper. Right. But that's right. how you got educated unless you were in, you know, those spaces or at an education institution. So sensationalism was at an all time high. What was in the media was what they took for fact, for truth. You know what I mean? And so when you're showing crime and drugs being at all time high and, the, and, and violence, Politics has to respond to that, right? Just like we're forcing politics to respond to racial racial uh, injustice now, and so that was their response. Was it a mishap? Sure, absolutely. We know, we now see what the repercussions of that have turned into, but that was their response at that time. Nobody's perfect, right? And I'm not saying nobody's perfect. You know what I mean? And so again, it's all about negotiations. What needs to happen is how do we fix? Um, our judicial system. How do we? And, and this is where I, you know, I think I told you, like, I want to talk about the modern day reconstruction, which is why where I believe we are now. You know what I mean? People are so educated, they're becoming much more woke, if you will, about things and he, listening to history and understanding uh, how processes and systems work. That we have to not continue to respond to the past. We have to understand the past, listen to the past, and be aware of it. But we started. We have to start painting our new picture from a, a blank canvas. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When I think about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, how we work with people across the lines and our allies, it's not about you fixing history. And, and giving everybody a thousand dollars as reparations, it's about how do we really move towards equality? 
in the work that I do, I ask this question all the time. What does diversity, a truly diverse, equitable and inclusive community look like? We've never seen it. Right. We've right. never seen that before. Not Atlanta, not New York. And we've never seen it before. We've seen pockets of it, of what success mm-hmm. looks like. We understand the importance of it, but we've never seen what success looks like there. And that's where we are uh, in policy, in, legis- in our legislature. It's definitely where we are in our judicial system. And so a lot of the things that we see, which is why we need y'all to vote, <laughs> is mm-hmm. a result of um, poor decisions being made in the past that we have not responded to and adjusted for the future. Okay. So you answer my question. Cause I was going to ask you, what would you say? I know you said like, start rewriting our history, not our history, but rewriting our future on a blank, on a blank. I mean, BK, what I'm saying is not rewriting our, our past, but making a better future on a blank slate. How do you do that? I was going to ask, how do you do that? If history is consistently repeating itself, um, like, how is that possible? Like, yeah, because a lot of things that people were struggling with then, we still see existing today. I think you, you can't do it without knowing history, right? You can't. It, it's, that's irresponsible. You have to be aware of the history. But when I, what I mean by painting a new picture on a blank canvas, it's about taking all of our truths as now. The only facts in life are actions and and uh, um, their consequences, right? That's it, right? That is, every, things that things that have taken place in the past are the only truths of life. What people said and what they've done are the only things that they, they remain true. So let's take our history. And these are the things that happened. This is the current state of where we are. Here are the impacts of that. There's enough data out there to measure a lot of this. And so based on that, that's our canvas. Okay, but now, so now let's build from that. All right, guys, we need to fix certain things. There's a, there's a way that we need to handle a, our education system. You know what I mean? There are certain variables that need to be put in place. Here are mm-hmm. fundamental building blocks that we know to be true that produce success. Let's use those. All right, let's work on those. There, when you talk about empowering people of color, you have to have representation, 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 and um, uh, and leadership, and uh, uh, adequate resources, resourcefulness. Right. And so you talk about representation and resourcefulness is what you need in order to move the needle. So you can't talk about um, providing a better community or space for black people to be successful if you're not hiring and employing and, and giving them the opportunity to empower their mm-hmm. own. There's not right. going to be a, 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 a white savior to fix that. Right. And that's why it's not going to be one person to fix our politics. It's not going to be one person to fix our um our uh, our judicial system. Now, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris are not the saviors for our country. The, we're we're choosing them to be the leaders to drive that. All right, and so there's what they are. They are are the spokesperson. They're in, in positions of leadership in order to ensure that we move into a more progressive country. If we stick, what we do know to be true is that Donald Trump has taken us backwards. Right. Mm-hmm. He is taking us backwards and his making America great again is taking America back to the 1800s. And that's not where we want to go. Right. And so that's counterproductive. And so how do we get to a place and put the people in, in, in a space? Because, again, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, the president does not make the decisions. You have to vote down ballot. So voting is not just don't just go out and vote for the president. Know what's going on in your local elections. If you want to see change in your city, within your community, you have to know what's going on, on the local level. What's going on at the state on your state level? Who's your state representative? You know what I mean? These are the people who are making immediate decisions for you before things trickle down from from the federal government. Then who are your Congress people? Make sure you know them. You need to know everybody. You be an educated voter, not just an active voter. That way you can start seeing who are the people in place that make that chessboard work. Right. What we haven't been able to do is do that. We haven't been able to do this in the in the past. We've never been able to do even with Barack Obama, he came in and he lost the Congress. I wanna know how you feel about Kamala Harris because Okay. Almost okay. on the same wave as Biden, like she well, she helped people find jobs, but she also fought to keep people in prison who were proven innocent. And she also defended the California death penalty system. And she also resisted calls to get it was her job um, to her office to have people investigate certain police shootings. So please help me understand why everyone's running to her rescue like it was her job. Like, but she was only doing part of her job. Like, why did you resist calls? So help me understand. Help other people understand who are also not here for her for similar reasons as Biden. 
why they should maybe rethink that or I, I don't know what's your thoughts on her um so you sense the my bias is that Donald Trump has to go mm-hmm. right so that's 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 my bias and so working with what we have mm-hmm. I would not I would not have chosen Kamala Harris um as the VP honestly um but I, you know, I, that's just my personal opinion. But since she was, since, since she is what we, what we got, um, I'm going to empower the sister. We're going to push the sister. Thing is, in order for her to be effective, is not to put her in position and allow her to run free. We have to be just as hands on with with this administration as we are, and vocal with this next gen- administration as we are with mm-hmm. Donald Trump. We're extremely vocal right now. People are posting more and talking more about politics than ever before. You know what I mean? You know, and mm-hmm. with Barack Obama, right. we, we found we took sanctuary in Barack Obama. Like, oh, he got it. He black. He got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We support him because he's there. You know what I mean? Now that we see that there are so many broken systems in place, we have to be. We can't just give them the baton and run with it, right? We, we're putting you in position mm-hmm. to lead us, but that means you are uh, the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? The people still got to be the coach. We still have to let them know what we, what, 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 we, which the change is that we want to see. What they, we want that picture to look like. You know what I mean? And so when we think about somebody like a Kamala, Kamala Harris, and I'm not uh, an expert on everything she's done. I will say that, you know, I, I, I have knowledge. I understand. I've done some research and I understand she's made some poor decisions as, you know, um, an attorney and uh and you know i also seen her um trailblazing as a as a prosecutor and and politician as well so, so i guess what's in it for black people pros like and cons i guess that's everything. why we want to like what you know what i mean before he goes there can i just um say something about what he said like i know you were asking him some things about Kamala and he said that he didn't really know what she had done in her time. So I found some, some things that I wait, wanted wait, wait, wait. to share. I didn't, say I didn't know anything. I was, no, I no, no. You, you said you didn't know everything. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying you didn't know. So I'm just wanted to like, cause I have found some new information because I didn't know a lot about her, honestly. Right. And so some things that I found that were pretty cool during her time at the Senate, um, in the Senate, she provided tax cuts for middle-class people um, she addressed the high cost of rent. She was able to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Um, she was able to protect rights of refugees and immigrants. And then also in her time, um, in her tenure in California politics, she was able to advance LGBTQ rights. So I think those are some notable you know, mentions that I just wanted to say, because again, like I was always like on the side days of you, like, oh, she, you know, she kept like, you know, innocent people in prison when she had an opportunity to, you know, release them and do the right thing. Um, What's the cliff notes, BK, of what, what is Biden's spill? What is Kamala's spill? Like, what are they offering? What are their, what's the cliff notes of their policies? Okay. Um, so I, I'm respond to CK a little bit in that you know you, those things are right. She also you know was a lead led the open justice campaign, which is an open data source for tracking criminal activity, and so being being open sourcing that so that we can see when these crimes and injustices are happening um, from the public sector and then be able to track the 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 implications in policy. You know what I mean? So I think that making data driven decisions decisions in politics is the best way, and I think that's what that applies to business and politics. But that that was you know some other things that, that that are notable about her you know and she's also a sister that's done um, some incredible things with her career you know to get to where she is um, and you know those things those are things that we uh, should applaud and let's let's be honest mm-hmm. you know unfortunately you know Joe Joe Biden is high is is up in age you know what I'm saying and so don't support you know Joe Biden without um, you know, taking consideration, That's supporting true. Kamala Harris, because there's a chance that she could become president, right? There's a chance that after four years, she, after four, Joe may only do one term. And then she's next up from the, on the, as long as she does well in her role, in her job, mm-hmm. she's next up. The vice president is always invited to run for president following um, their term right their administration and so she's next up and so um be if you're going to make a choice right um your support for 
Kamala Harris and Joe Biden is not just a support. That's real. Mm-hmm. Right, you're supporting that the, the idea that she may become president. You do. I, I didn't even think about right. that until now, now. And when you said it, I was like, "Damn, no, he's so right." Really like that's a real possibility. That's why I think it's important for people to understand like what these people are bringing to the table, despite you know some of their mishaps and things like mm-hmm. that, or me not even being the biggest fan. Right, like I still want to know like what are they offering? Black, white, purple. You know what I'm saying? Like what are they offering? So that's why I asked that question so people can educate themselves. But I guess that's even more important when you take that in consideration that this Mm -hmm. VP could possibly be the president. And that's any situation, right? Like, we don't know what could happen, but more so, like you said, BK or Bajorn. Um, (laughs) I've been waiting to drop that. Um, Waiting. So, yeah. So, yeah, I I agree with you. That's that's real. That's real. (laughs) And just a few things really quick for people who are wondering, um, Joe Biden also has a plan for the economy and racial inequity, and the plan um, intends to make housing more affordable for families of color. Um, so that's one thing he's going to do. He's He also has an education plan that seeks federal investment in low-income schools, supports higher pay for teachers, and opposes for-profit schools. And then also as it relates to health care, the plan will bring back the individual mandate that everyone have health care, um, lower prescription drug costs, and then um, allow undocumented Im- immigrants to buy into the public option. So, I mean, those are some good things. I mean, so, you know, to add to the cliff notes, right, to kind of respond that, I think, you know, Joe, one, to, for the people listening, um, definitely go to JoeBiden.com and look at his plan. His bold ideas plan uh, for envision vision 2020 for for the election, right? And so he has these um, platforms that he's listed out there, like you know, build uh, building a better tomorrow, right? So he has a racial equity plan, he has a jobs and uh, uh, economic recovery for working families plan. Uh, he has sustainable infrastructure and clean energy uh, for the future plan. So these are, uh, you know, reopening the schools and school safety um, agenda for women. Uh, these are all things that at least his team has done. Um, and I mean, I, I would say probably, I think it's 34 agenda items that are listed there that you can go through and, and learn more about uh, what he's doing. And really, you know, if you, if, how you do this, not that you have to read everything, but if, understand your values and go and question them based on the values that are pertinent to you, right? Uh, pertinent to your community, your family, your, and your stakeholders. And so uh, ch- check those things out, right? And then, because the agenda is there. Um, I reason why I'm not jumping into everything that that they're doing is because I like to get you gotta at give people me. room to to go and educate themselves, and then I'm trying to be at, at le- me next less time. biased since I was called out about mm-hmm. it early, early, early uh, You at me. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, you know, having a plan for rural America, when we think about digital infrastructure and the lack thereof, and especially in the digital economy right like now, you have places that don't have access to high-speed internet uh, during COVID. You know what I mean? So how are those people actually working mm-hmm. and what's the work that's being done there and what kind of federal and governmental support is being put in place for infrastructure? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's how you find things that you care about. And uh, the uh, listen, our judicial system is is terrible. It needs, it's, bro- it's just broken. Right. It needs to be any serious, serious, serious um, strategy, strategy and planning, uh, execution and implementation, all those things and reconstruction. But there are other things as well that we really have to be mindful of when we think about uh, um, climate change. Right. And what's happening with our with our world. Right. And how we can we it's uncontrollable <laughs> what's going on. Uh, and what we need and what role we play in that when we think about poverty and what the level of poverty is right and, and especially during a time like now when unemployment is at an all-time high because of this pandemic how do we respond to poverty in this time right is 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 uh, are we willing to negotiate not increasing minimum wage you know mm-hmm. what i mean right there we have to be we have to get serious about things that we really care about check them on it at them like y'all, and one thing I know we learned. one thing I at me, bro. It's one thing I know you gonna take away from this, That's this the podcast. Title. Is that when you talking to somebody, at you me, talk bro. to them directly. So you at them, at me, bro. So y'all, at, 
me, bro. Listen, so I know we want to get into like modern day reconstruction, but I am just so curious because I really want to know your perspective on something. So, and Des, yours too. Uh, we've seen a lot of talk about defunding the police. And I think a common misconception that people have about defunding the police is that it's like abolition, right? Getting rid of the police. When in actuality, defunding is just like reallocating ahead, the Bajan. funds that we put into the police department. What are you guys' thoughts about that? Okay, I'll lead. Um, I am a supporter of the reconstruction of our country, right? And so that means I think um, the financial uh, budgeting and allocations of many things needs to be quote unquote defunded. Right. And, and how we uh, opera, operationalize them or uh, implement them because we see the detrimental effect that it's having on certain people. Right. There's there are this is a time to be intentional about black people. Again, I'm going to repeat that for the people in the back. This is a time to be intentional about <laughs> black people. Right. And it's OK. And so when we think about moving the needle for them, they, those, things like defunding the police are a, a response to that. You or the 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 police has acted negligent in too many cases. It's a known fact that um, um, KKK or white supremacists, part of their plan post civil rights was to infiltrate the political and judicial system and, uh, and our government as a whole, including the police. And so we know that a part of their move, their migration, was into this place. How do we now respond to that? And defunding, that means that we're going to reallocate and uh, um, appropriate the funds required to do your job well, All right? And so I think the word defunding is not the word. It is a scary word because it's political, right? Because we need them to be scared of this is coming to you. Right, you know what I'm saying? It's like yo, it's like uh, your mama saying you you gonna get a whooping versus you just gonna be on punishment. You know what I'm saying? She tell you I'm gonna beat your ass when I'm when mm-hmm. I get home. You gonna respond different versus um you gonna be punished on punishment if you don't do this. <laughs> you gonna respond differently, and so I think the terminology of defunding the police is what people are questioning. I especially agree with the part where you're like mm-hmm. defunded is the wrong word, like. I think so, too. Like, we're really reallocating the resources. And I feel like the amount of power that police have is out of this world. Out of this world. And they've been showing their ass. And they still got all the power. And so I am all for whatever they want to call it. Mm -hmm. But right now it's called defunding the police, so I'm for it. Um, Mm -hmm. I really agree with you. I think it's more reallocating those funds. Um. And not, it's not saying we're not going to have police. It's not saying they're not going to get paid. So I think more of the controversy around defunding the police is more about really the misunderstanding of what the hell is being talked about. Mm-hmm. Listen, we can't stop paying taxes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we can be intentional about where our taxes go. That's what this whole thing is about, right? That's what, that's what rich people do. Right. That's what lobbying is. That's what all that is that I pay taxes. And so since I pay taxes, I'm going to have an opinion, a voice. So it's like, let's bring in people who know how to do the stuff that y'all are supposed to be doing. And it's like, that's a big ass pro of defunding the police. Like currently they deal with mental illness, homelessness, all this stuff. And it's like, were you really trying to do this? Like, you know, and I don't think people think about that either. Like you got people doing shit that they wasn't even trying to do. And then the amount of time that they're trained compared to other Mm -hmm. careers or jobs or something like that don't even make sense. Right. Very true. I mean, things like community policing, you know, one of my favorite police officers, Officer Norman is from, you know, my hometown, North Little Rock and is an advocate, a champion for community policing. He knows the people Mm -hmm. in his community from, um, the uh, disenfranchised, the handicapped, to the kids, to the youth, to the young professionals. To he he knows the people within his community. He knows them by name. You know what I mean. And he's intentional about doing certain things to make sure that he has a rapport and a relationship with them. Right. You're not going to be as right. apt to murder somebody that you know, that you have a relationship with, that you mm-hmm. have a bond with. 
right? right? You're not going to lynch them the way you would. Listen, some of these videos that we see as, I know y- y'all didn't even ask this question, but I'm going to take it there for a second. Some of these videos and the visuals that we see of black men, um, how they're being treated by police, you wouldn't see a dog treated like that. If you mm. just replace the image with a dog, replace that black man with a dog and see the outcry people gonna have. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy to me. That's that's crazy to me, but that's the reality of where we are. And and even through that, right? And this is, you know, I can only imagine what they went through in during slavery, slavery and the civil rights movement, because even now, going to work after watching a video of a black man being killed, shot, beat up, whatever, lynched every day on social media being blasted and everybody asking all these questions. I still got to go to work, produce, mm-hmm. be effective, take care of my family and go through everything has an effect on me. Right. Absol- absolutely. I, it mm-hmm. has an effect because at in, in, in the end of the day, my black ass is working on behalf of all these people. I, you know, we've all reached whatever level of success we have. Mm-hmm. In the day, I can still be killed and lynched publicly. Yep. <laughs> by the police and that's just not okay right. no absolutely okay so I definitely want to like dig in I know you have this saying of modern reconstruction like kind of like walk us through what that means what that looks like how we can impact that how we can be a part of that you know I mean, kind of walk us through that I think we, we, we've talked a lot about it already when we think about um yeah the change that we want to see, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, that is that the whole concept of, of um, painting a picture on a blank canvas is our reconstruction, right? That is reconstructing what we're doing. And the reconstruction is happening right now. You know what I'm saying? You, the companies are having to shift because of uh, COVID and go digital. I'm sure many of y'all at work, like, y'all have had to do implement new strategy plans, emergency response plans, all kinds of things to reconstruct the culture and operations of your work environment in order to respond to our current crisis. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what's happening now all over the country in many facets of life. Right, we right. have to reconstruct the identity of being black in America. Now you have to reconstruct gender roles, right, and pronouns. You know what I mean? You have to mm-hmm. reconstruct our political structure and our political system and how involved we should be. Right. Right, and engaged we should be. You know what I mean? So there's reconstruction happening. So we're in a modern day reconstruction because of 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 the the time. Of, of where we are we're in complete crisis in many many spaces you know reconstruction happens after uh um a grand event right um so like after the civil war then came the reconstruction of 1876 right because after this big war that separated the countries as a whole you're talking about you know the reality of the civil war is actually terrifying you're talking about uh kentucky fighting with ohio <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like we worried about Japan coming to bomb us. It's like no, they fighting you know, right across the river. You know what I'm saying? You never know what somebody gonna sneak in your backyard shooting. Uh, so mm-hmm. that after that, they had to reconstruct the economy. You know what I'm saying? And then you know before Lincoln was assassinated, you know he was really intentional about moving the needle for black people who were just released freed from slavery. So now right. we have freed all y'all people. Now we got to figure out what we're gonna do with you. You know what I'm saying? But he was assassinated before he could implement his plan. And so that prolonged this uh, uh, the the progress of the black family all through the civil rights movement, really up until now. You know what I mean? And seeing, you know, the next reconstruction happened after the Great Depression, right? You're talking about this year, the economic crisis that, you know, uh, uh, 290 in uh, employment and housing, it was a, it was a crisis. Uh, worse than the depression that we experienced in the, in the early 2000s. Um, and it resulted in a reconstruction era where innovation and technology drove the way we do business, right? We make decisions. And that's what's happening right now. You know what I mean? Amidst this crisis within our healthcare systems, within our, our political structure, uh, within our economy, we're having to reconstruct how we do business, how we operate, how we operate ourselves, how we operate our community, how we operate our businesses. And uh, we got to be mindful of that. Right, Bill, we got to be woke to that, you know what I'm saying? We can't keep living and operating in the trauma of the past, we really have to start um, building into the opportunities of tomorrow, and we can really do so. We're educated, uh, we we have resources, resources just need to be re uh, appropriated, um, better, 
right? Uh, reappropriate it, um, you know, defund it if you, in, in many cases. But this, recon, this idea of reconstruction is already happening. Mm-hmm. You'll define it later. That's usually what happens in history. You know what I'm saying? They didn't know it was the Great Depression until somebody called it the, the Great Depression after they realized what was going on. You know what I'm saying? And so that's we're in this digital reconstruction in a lot of ways. You know, you're talking about things like artificial intelligence and machine learning, um, automate things and things like cryptocurrency and, and, and the digital economy as a whole. You're talking about people, kids are being educated from home now, not going into a classroom right um or going into a limited classroom environment and this is may not be something that only happens now this may be the new normal and so how do we adjust to our new normals is this reconstruction what it's all about because and and, and i guess if you look at the timeline of where we are we're in the early 20s of the 2000s and so we're reconstruction we're like reconstructing what life is going to look like for the rest of this century if we think about how history repeats itself and so it's just our time to do so Mm -hmm. and so we have to redefine this time and it's a beautiful time too right you know during the early 1900s, that's when the Harlem Renaissance happened. You know what I mean? That's where beautiful, incredible things emerged because of the idea of innovation in um, building in, uh, uh, something new that hasn't happened before that's better for the people. Um, and so that's what we're in right now. Um, and I think that's we should be we can be excited about that. Mm-hmm. We can be excited about being a cleaner, um, a greener community we should be excited about black wealth and black empowerment right that you know our kids don't have to suffer from the same uh, oppressions that we had to all right we should be excited that more people are actually engaged in voting right i mean more people have a voice and i mean we can actually impact more people because we can count them now all right so we should be excited about these things um and and how we reconstruct again the future of tomorrow are you going to be teaching classes on this bk i know you sometimes have website like what how can people learn more can they follow you like are you going to be you know sharing content on this like you know no (laughs) right now these are my personal thoughts y'all like this is not i'm not writing a book on this i'm studying it personally right like mm-hmm. I'm, watching it, I'm taking it in but no you know i teach classes on like vision, <laughs> innovation and things like that right but uh I, I, I have not but I, i'll take that into consideration thank you for that i think that was yeah. a compliment <laughs> <laughs> it, sounded it, like a- <laughs> it was it was a compliment just because i feel like you know i i enjoyed what you were saying and i feel like a lot of people could benefit from learning more and learning how they can you know individually impact or help or contribute um to it and so yeah think about that consider the classes for sure all right well let's see we'll be, I'm gonna take that into consideration you know what I mean you should you should so BK like before we wrap up anything you want the people to know about you know what you're working on anything you're passionate about how they can find you how they can connect with you yeah um i'm on social media uh professionally you can find me on linkedin um beyond simmons b-j-o-r-n simmons um at bk underscore simmons twitter i got two twitters i have my uh politically correct twitter and then i got my personal <laughs> thoughts twitter <laughs> uh feel free to follow at your own discretion uh mm-hmm. but at beyond simmons or at bk simmons um is where you can follow me uh and you know i, I got some content out there we got we, the follow the foundation for social impact um, there's thinksocialimpact.org. Um, it's a new organization. I'm new in this role as executive director in um, this space of social impact. I'm really going from you know the venture space. It's not not a transition because I'm bringing elements of the startup world and innovation and venture capital to social innovation and right. And so within this modern day reconstruction, uh, how do we uh, engage social innovation from a holistic perspective? Perspective When we think about the holistic success of an entrepreneur or of a person, what does holistic success and social innovation in the society look like? What are those different facets? When you think about you know, healthcare and wellness and you know, bringing down to even just the community level on um, how people feel and um, how they treat the kids and opportunities for the youth and access um, for, for diverse communities uh, you know that's the kind of work that we're doing and so we're like sponsoring activities and building programs and all kinds of things uh yeah check 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 me out (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, this was so much fun, but more so it was educational. Like yeah. although you I feel like you clowned me a few times on a public <laughs> platform. Um next time just, like, just at that nigga chest. Oh wow, Des, yeah. You, wow, that, him, that stung I, a little bit more. That is bullshit. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. At me, bro. No, no, next time he needs to add me, because he's the one, you know, coming for me. But anyway, you know. This is very educational. It was great information. And we will definitely like include all of your information on our page so people can follow you and find you. But I would definitely encourage you, BK, to, you know, put all this information somewhere in some sort of content, whether it be videos or I don't know. I just would encourage you to do that because I think it's great information. Thank you. You know, I I kind of then fell off of social media a little bit. You know what I mean? I think I just like doing the work instead of you know. I'm not looking for accolades and stuff like that no more. But I'll take your take your word on that. And so if anybody want to help me, you know, with my content, hit me up. But uh, more more importantly, hey, congratulations to you ladies on the people you are, um, and mm-hmm. taking the the uh, opportunity and the initiative to share. Um, your space and your intellect and your presence with others uh, through a podcast like this. This was a lot of fun. One of the most fun. I look forward to you know the next time we interact. Dez, what's up? You know I miss you, girl. And that's a wrap. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and follow us on our Instagram and Twitter. And we'll see you guys on the next episode.